When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Morning, everyone. Here we go again then. It is Tuesday, the 27th of September, 2022. Daniel Pettigrew back with you after, of course, our NFL yesterday. And good to be back in the chair broadcasting through SEN 1170. AM in Sydney, SENQ693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN1620 AM on the Gold Coast. 1300 01 1170, our phone number, and you can text as per usual 0457 736 736. Grand final week in the NRL. It is a very exciting time. Five sleeps to go. It was officially launched last night down at Circular Quay. Uh, so we'll talk about all the happenings of the grand final, the latest news as well coming out of the weekend just gone. And uh, some surprise selection calls that Parramatta may pull uh, when the team gets announced, or at least the first squad gets announced a uh, little later on on the final. Teamless Tuesday, at least for the NRL season a little later on this afternoon. Uh, Also, all the other news in sport. And as per usual on a Tuesday, we'll have a chat with Chris Perkins. He'll join us from the United States. Uh, He'll fill us in on everything happening over there. Of course, another big day in the NFL. And in about half an hour's time, John Gallo will join me. He'll talk all things football. We'll look back at that Socceroos. More impressive win on Sunday compared to their win against New Zealand on Thursday. Plus, there is a host of football going on as we speak in the Nations League, including England, who, um, heading into the World Cup, uh, they're on a bit of shaky ground. They lost uh, quite comprehensively the other day uh, to Italy. They're playing Germany right now. So I'll get his thoughts on them as well, because as per usual, they're going to be a big talking point heading into this year's Football World Cup. So plenty to get through in the next hour before breakfast with Fossey and Brandy through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney and Padden Hills through SENQ 693 AM and SEN 1620. It's two past five. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a ring. Yes, does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ring. Uh, just before we get to the news of the day, my first real chance, well, it is actually my first chance, uh, to have a chat to you about the weekend in sport. What a weekend it was. I said on Friday morning that I know we have the NRL Grand Final coming up this weekend, and that in itself is huge. Uh, dominate Sydney, and quite rightly so, with the Western Sydney derby. And I I would say as well, just on the grand final, uh, I feel very happy for Parramatta fans, obviously, but also Penrith fans. This is their third year in the grand final, of course, having lost to the Storm in 2020, won last year against Souths up at Suncorp, and then, of course, uh, this year, 2022. But uh, for the people, at least in Sydney, it's really the first chance for the fans and the players to have a normal grand final week. You cast your mind back to last year. They were all based in Brisbane, so any Penrith-based fan, well, had to watch it at home. Um, and I think the majority of people did. There might have been a few that didn't, but uh, that was that's all right. Um, and then you go back to 2020, 
Yes, there was no uh, lockdown in Sydney, but 40,000 people allowed um, and very, very severe restrictions. So for these two clubs to be able to have the first normal grand final really since 2019, uh, I think that's a really good thing. So I'm really happy for Penrith fans. Um, And what are you doing to celebrate grand final week? In particular, if you are a Parramatta or Penrith fan, how are you feeling? Uh, It's only Tuesday morning, so there's still a long way to go. You don't want that nervous energy just yet. Are you excited? Are you nervous? Uh, will you get more ner- nervous throughout the week? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. How are you feeling about everything this week if you are a Penrith or Parramatta fan? And if you are a neutral, uh, and we will talk more about this a little later on in the week, who would you prefer to win or do you not really mind? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. But yeah, just on the weekend of sport, I have to say, watching that Parramatta Cowboys game on Friday night, uh, when the Cowboys were 20 points to 12 up, you thought they had the game won. Although I, I was saying, and look, Parramatta's defense was extremely good in that last 10 or 15 minutes, but I actually thought, for the most part, Parramatta's defense was pretty good throughout the game. The Cowboys threw a lot at them in the first half, and they went to half time at 12 all. And I know uh, Greg Alexander, during commentary on Fox League, said uh, throughout the course of the call that it is premiership winning defence. Well, it was very, very good defence. They'll take a lot out of that, Parramatta. As will Penrith coming down, coming back from 12-0 down against South Sydney. You, you thought that if South Sydney could go in front at half time, they could potentially hold on. But that try to Brian To'o in the last minute, really, of the first half really turned things around and then Penrith way too good for Souths in the end. Um, So they were two extremely good games of rugby league. Um, The AFL grand final, and look, we'll talk more about this with Matty Cox tomorrow morning. Gee, that was disappointing, wasn't it? Uh, Everyone tuned in. Everyone, I think, enjoyed Robbie Williams. Um, And then really by quarter time, the game was over. I know the Swans uh, put on a few goals in that second quarter, but... Uh, any hope of a miracle comeback uh, was very, very quickly uh, gone after the Geelong Cats in the third quarter. I think kicked again four goals within about five or six minutes to really kill off the game. Really disappointing by the Swans. Well played by Geelong, though. Uh, very, very good. I think the, I heard last night the oldest team in premiership history. But, gee, that was disappointing. In particular as well, considering that I was out and about on Saturday and the pubs were packed um, watching the Swans. And I think... Everyone by halftime and sort of switched their attention elsewhere. Uh, the Bledisloe Cup, hasn't been much talk about that, probably quite rightly so. I saw most of that. That was another poor performance by uh, the Wallabies, enough said about that. And we'll get on to the Socceroos with Jonathan Gallo a little later on. So, yeah, big weekend of sport, your thoughts, your take on it. And how are you feeling this early on in the week if you are a Para or Penrith fan? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 Now, at 7 past 5, uh, let's get on to the news of the day. Now, the NRL has conceded four crucial refereeing mistakes led directly to try or no-try decisions in last weekend's sudden-death preliminary finals. And while the wrong calls didn't end up deciding either game, uh, still a huge concern for everyone involved counting down to the biggest game of the year this Sunday night. So Ashley Klein, he is tipped to be appointed the grand final ref later on today. Um, 
However, that will be clouded by controversy still simmering from last weekend. It comes after NRL head of football Graeme Annesley conceded on Monday that Penrith were denied two legitimate tries in the win over South Sydney, while both Parramatta and North Queensland finished on the wrong side of refereeing errors in the other game. Now, uh, the incidents involving the Panthers included the controversial obstruction call against Jerome Luai in the lead-up to the no-try decision against Charlie Staines. Now, I was watching that. I could not believe that wasn't a try. That was just ridiculous. And he also said, while well, Annesley uh, revealed Stephen Crichton could, uh, should have been awarded a try when he touched down, but the bunker ruled there wasn't sufficient downward force. Now, that one, and I'd be interested to get your take, the game was over. So Penrith had the game won. It wasn't going to impact the game whatsoever. But what if it's in any game, but our next game of rugby league is a grand final. What if it's 12 all with five minutes to go? And that happens whether it's Penrith or Parramatta. And a decision like that potentially costs the team a grand final. It's something we've been worried about all year. It's been a very entertaining year of rugby league. Um, and we've got a really good grand final on our hands. But... The refereeing decisions, and there's obviously a few that uh, stand out from the year, um, have been the talking point throughout the year. We do not want it to be the case on Sunday. Um, now, in the other game, Annesley also agreed that the Eels' first try should not have been awarded because of a Mitchell Moses forward pass. And while the bunker cannot rule on forward passes, what was most concerning was that the touch judge was standing directly in line with Moses when he passed the ball. Um he added, there was still no plans to introduce forward pass technology next year. He said, we are still discussing it with the companies. There is a number of companies who have possible solutions, but we are not near taking anything to the commission. The NRL bunker, as we know, does not have the power to rule on forward passes. Now, I heard Greg Alexander Brandy yesterday saying he's changed his mind on that. He thought it wasn't a forward pass. I, I still think it was. Uh, maybe not as bad as it looked in the first instance but I still think it was fought. However, I would say, and I know there was a lot of talk, especially on Saturday, that the Eels only won by four points. The Cowboys had enough chances to win that game. Um, and at some point in time, you get uh, the rub of the grade. And look, I thought as well, the Cowboys try where Mitchell Moses uh, was potentially taken out. It was awarded a try to the Cowboys. I thought that was 50-50. I think right throughout um, the season, you would find those decisions potentially, or those plays potentially being penalised. So I think the Cowboys probably got away uh, with one there as well. Uh, your thoughts on all of that? And that's exactly uh, what Graham Annesley actually said, um, that they should have been denied the try. Uh, certainly interference there, based on what I saw during the game. I think it probably should have been a penalty to Parramatta. Although Annesley explained the bunker could not overrule that decision either. So there you go. Um, so bad decisions, again which is the main point of it. In the end, it kind of equals itself out. But I just fear and I hope nothing like that happens across the weekend on grand final night. Uh, the other thing I'd like to get your thoughts on, and there's been a lot of talk about technology, especially over the past a month. Would you like forward pass technology back into the game? Now, I know many, many years ago, uh, I think there was a year, maybe two, where they could rule on four. They tried to rule on forward passes and they found it very hard. But 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170, Graham Annesley saying there they could introduce Fort. Well, there's been no plans to introduce Fort Pass technology next year, but they are discussing it uh, with a chip in the ball. Do we need that? 
would you support that? Would you support even more technology in the game? Or are you like a lot of people that want to go back to the bare basics where the bunker just rules on a try and that's it? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Would you prefer to see the forward pass technology into the game so we don't see things like Mitch Moses pass again, rule to try, or at some point in time, do we just have to let some errors be made um, and hopefully uh, they aren't made again? Uh, 0457-736-736 or 1300-01-1170. Now, Parramatta, this is an interesting run, one as well. Uh, looks like they could be about to drop a, a bombshell with Spanish star Nathan Brown on the verge of a surprising recall after 12 weeks in the wilderness. Now, it comes as Penrith have decided to pull the pin on boomwinger Taylor May's hopes of recovering from a hamstring injury in time for the decider on Sunday night. Now, the Sydney Morning Herald can reveal the Eels are strongly considering bringing Brown back into the 17 for the decider, which would be his first game in the NRL since the 9th of July. Brown's potential recall is likely to come at the expense of former Panthers forward Bryce Cartwright on the bench. Cartwright is shaping up as the team's 18th man, despite being used as, as an interchange player last week against the Cowboys. Uh, Brown last played in the NRL against the West Tigers in round 17 and has been given, given permission to seek a new deal elsewhere next year. Uh, Sunday's grand final could be Brown's last game in the blue and gold, but the Eels are considering his selection to add some steel to their bench against arguably the best pack in the competition. Uh, just last week, Arthur was forced to deny he had a feud with Brown, which contributed to the former New South Wales forward being dropped. Um, he's been shopped around in 2023. He recently uh, changed management and has held discussions with his former club, the Tigers, about a return. Tom Obercheck as well, uh, in a lot of doubt. Saw him training. I don't know if you saw the vision on the news last night. He didn't look great, but they'll give him until uh, the end of the week. It'd be a cruel blow if he's to be left out. Bailey Simonson uh, could be expected to hold on to his position on the wing. Um, para fans, Nathan Brown. Oh, look, I think he's a very good player. Um, I think I'm, not, I'm surprised he hasn't been um, playing a bit more this year, to be honest. And I'm surprised they're wanting to let him go and shop him around to other clubs. It is a risk, though, not having played since round 17 to bring him back in that squad, if that is what they do, if he is in that final 17 come Sunday night. Would you play him? Would you be a supporter of Nathan Brown coming back for the grand final? Be a, bit, be a big story. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Would you like Nathan Brown to come back in to that side? And one final one before a break, and this was talked about yesterday, but I would like to get your thoughts on anyway. Jason Tomalolo, who it looks like he's going to miss a few games for Tonga, and I know Vossi and Brandy were talking about this uh, yesterday morning, and it's been talked about on social media, and I uh, raised it a couple of weeks ago when Jared Rear Hargraves was suspended out of that Roosters lost to South Sydney uh, for a couple of games for New Zealand. I really do think it is about time, and I, I look, I, and we saw what happened with the John Bateman story over in the UK as well. Um, and I know we're in the middle of grand final week and the World Cup is still a couple of weeks away, but it is literally only, what, 16, 17 days away from starting. And Tonga was, and maybe still are, one of the big hopes of making the final. They're not likely to meet Australia or New Zealand until the final. Those two teams basically guaranteed to be playing uh, in the final, uh, in the semi-final. Um, 
I do think it's about time we look at potentially for domestic competitions, suspensions to be served in a domestic competition. Um, in particular, when it comes to the World Cup, the NRL and the Super League are not a World Cup competition. It is run by different people. Now, I understand that some clubs, and particularly the Roosters, are probably very happy that Lindsay Collins and Hargraves can deal with their suspension and can serve their suspension in the World Cup. But personally speaking, I think the World Cup is a different entity, and I think really suspension should be served in the domestic league you play in. Um, and for Jason Tomalolo not to be playing for Tonga for three games, that's a really, really big loss, not just to the World Cup, but also, in more in particular, to Tonga. Um, your thoughts on that? I know we discussed it the other week, but I think it's becoming more and more of an issue. And again, we still have a weekend of Rugby League NRL to come. And who knows what could happen on Sunday. 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Do you think now, on the back of Hargraves, Tom Alolo, there's been a couple of others as well, John Bateman over in the UK, that when you are charged in serving suspension, you serve it domestically. You do not serve it as part of a World Cup or an International Rugby League tournament, especially as we're trying everything to grow International Rugby League. Your thoughts on that? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. A technology, Ford Pass technology, do you want it brought into the game or not? Are you happy with the way it's handled? Um, and really, I think a lot of people want less technology than more technology. But do you want more technology? 0457 736 736. And Parramatta fans, Nathan Brown, would you like to see him back in that side for the decider on Sunday, his first game since round 17? 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170. We'll take a break. Come back with more. You're on Tradies News in a nutshell. After this, we'll have a chat with Chris Perkins. At 21 and a half past five, we will go to America in just a second and have a chat with Chris Perkins. But firstly, let's go to the open line. one 1170 is the number to ring. James from Hornsby's on the line. Morning, James. I'm Dan. How are you, mate? Well? Yes, oh, very well. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, good for a Monday. Uh, Tuesday. You always anyway. get this confused. It's Tuesday. <laughs> Oh, well, it's a better day then, isn't it? Yeah. They've made the week smell yeah. a lot happier. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, question, when you got, say, a player, say, like, I don't know, Cameron Smith, say, and say, oh, he's played 420 games NRL games, 30 uh, State of Origin, and 20 International. They separate each difference, you know, that's how many league games he's played, that's how many State of Origins, that's how many international games he's played. So therefore, or if you get suspended in one, they've separated. You can't, you shouldn't be able to combine it and say, oh, we'll use that on that and that. No. You get suspended in your, in your league, your club pays the fee, pays the penalty of you not playing for them, not the international. That's just like, I don't know, it's just wrong. Yeah, I, look, I, look, James, I completely agree. I, I think especially, uh, and Origin is the same concept as well, but especially in terms of International Rugby League, when we're trying to grow it, uh, the World Cup in the UK, Australia and New Zealand on the same side of the draw at the semi-final. Now, I would say, James, that most people coming into the World Cup, if you don't 
look at it closely, you expect, uh, knowing that Australia and New Zealand are on one side of the draw, that one of them will obviously make the final. And most people would probably say England. But then you look at teams like Tonga and Samoa, they're also a chance of making it. And for Tomalolo to miss out on three games, and it's the same for Hargraves for New Zealand as well, um, He should they should be serving that for their club, I reckon. Yeah, the club, that's where they did the crime, so that's where they do the time. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. That's just wrong. You can't do it around. And with the four passes, mm. throw this in, mm. what do those Dutch Dutch do? Do they just run down and up and down the side with the flags? Or why aren't they running in line with the player with the ball and then they're looking at it and going bang and then they just pick the flag up and say, no, that's forward. Well, the really scary thing about... Yeah, the, well, the really scary yeah. thing about um, the one on Friday night with Mitch Moses is if you look back at the replay, the touch is right in line with the pass and didn't call it. Yeah, but how many times during the season and how many games do you see something like that happen right in front yeah. of the touch and he does nothing? Yep, 100%. Right, have, have, they been, have they been told, you don't make the call, the on-field does, or are they just... I don't know, are they too scared to make it? Or, I don't know, what? why aren't they just taking, you know, throw some kahunas and go, bang, ref, hey, ref, that's forward. I'm calling it, and the ref goes, OK, I'm going to back your judgment, thanks. Yeah, it's I'll, been called. Yeah, and we go like that. yeah. I, I, look, I agree. I'm not. I'm not sure what happens throughout the season, but I think you're right. And we saw that on Friday night. If there's one time, and I know, look, there's arguments. Uh, Brandy doesn't think that pass was forward, but um, most people thought it was forward, especially at the time. Um, and when you're right in line with that, that's when you make the decision to uh, call it a forward pass. James, good points as per usual. We'll chat again soon. Well done, man. Okay, have a good day. Thanks, mate. You too. James on the open line. Feel free to give us a call any time between now and 61300-01-1170. You can send a text in as well, 0457-736-736. He makes a good point, retouch judges. Um, that one in particular. He's right in front of Mitchell Moses when he threw that ball. Um, anyway, uh, didn't cost the Cowboys the game, but I can understand why, uh, why they are not too happy. Uh, we'll go to Chris Perkins in a second. Another call on the open line, though. Michael from Marrickville. Morning, Michael. Good morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, very, very well. What do you want to have a chat about? Yeah, mate, I think the bunkers should be able to adjudicate on forward passes. It's it's another rule of the game, mate. If it's forward, it's forward. It shouldn't be a try. It's, isn't that right? Yeah, well, I suppose the argument, and I remember, oh, God, might have been even more than 20 years ago. It was before the bunker, but we still had the video referee where they tried to rule on forward passes, but the camera angles just weren't fantastic for that. Um, now they're talking about these chips into the footballs that could potentially rule on the forward passes. Look, at the end of the day, I think it will probably happen, Michael. I know a lot of people want less technology uh, than more technology, but as you say, it is part of the game and if it's going to stop issues like we saw on Friday night and we see right throughout the season, I think at some point, whether people like it or not, it is probably going to be brought in. Yeah, I agree, mate. If it's robbing a team, it's robbing a team. It really should come in. And, um, mate, I think the Panthers by 12. Have a great day. Love the show, mate. Good on you. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Have a good day. Call any time. Panthers by 12. Yes, I think uh, most people favouring the Panthers 
this weekend. Keep those calls coming in. Happy to hear from you this morning. one 1170 Or you can text 0457-736-736. If you call, you'll definitely get on. 27 past five. Kept this man waiting a little while. I apologize for that. But uh, let us talk to Chris Perkins now. We do it for Makita. This season, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. It's our power play. He's over in America. Morning, Chris. Good good afternoon from Springfield, Massachusetts. Yes, good afternoon. You you always get around the place, don't, don't you, Chris? Uh, with all these reports, I you, do. You, I do. You had hummus the other day. Now you're in Springfield. Uh, now let's have a chat. Uh, firstly, another big uh, weekend in the NFL. Yeah, great. Some great games, especially the early window, the the uh, one p.m. U.S. Eastern Time window. You had three games come down to the wire: Miami, Buffalo. Could have had one of the strangest endings in, in football history uh, involving uh, a, a play that will now be coined as the butt punt. Yes, turned yes. into a safety for the Buffalo Bills. They had a shot to win it, just had a little bit of clock management issues. At the end of the game, guy couldn't get out of bounds. They couldn't get the, the final snap off in time to possibly win that game. So the butt punt winds up being just kind of a little funny footnote instead of something that's important. Out of that game. Yeah, yes, Kansas City yes. losing late to Indianapolis. Mm. Yeah, the Vikings come back, beat Detroit yesterday. And all these happen pretty much right around the same time. So uh, if you're trying to keep an eye on all three of them, uh, it, it was rough. It was, it was tough for everybody because there were some great games yesterday afternoon. Uh, yes, and yeah, some very, very good games. Had, uh, um, what was the pick of the games, do you reckon? Because it is hard when you've got uh, – and we're lucky here in Australia where we used to have the situation, Chris, where the NRL and the NFL would play games at the same time. The NRL don't anymore, and I'm pretty sure there may be occasions in the NFL when that happens, but it is very hard when uh, you want, you're wanting to watch. You need, to, like, three split screens, don't you? Yeah, you absolutely do. And we had nine going on in that same window at 1 p.m. U.S. Mm. Eastern time yesterday. So uh, that that is where Red Zone, the Red Zone channel, I know you guys have it down there. We've got it over here. That is a big deal. That is an important thing for, for a football fan on a Sunday afternoon because without Red Zone, like me, I don't have it. So I'm kind of stuck with with the game that's being aired in the local market on either Fox or CBS. So I, I'm at the mercy of television executives on the game that I get to watch. Yes, and of course the EPL in the UK, the same as a lot of games on at the same time. Now, just before we get on to college football, there was an incident uh, with concussion that came out of the Miami game uh, yesterday, and it's a really interesting one, um, and you'll know more about it than uh, me. And I sort of want to ask you just generally, what is how is concussion viewed over there? Because definitely here in Australia, and I know uh, definitely from a rugby league point of view, it has been uh, very front of mind, especially over the far past five or ten years. We've had players retire uh, because of it. We've had players sit out for six, seven or eight weeks. Um, we saw a player yesterday return to the field, which didn't uh, seem or didn't look quite right. But how is concussion treated over, over there? Um, is there very strict protocols? I imagine there is. Uh, there are, and they have, the NFL's gotten better over the last decade or so. And the player you're talking about is Tua Tagovailoa. He's the mm. quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. And he was hit on a play late in the first half where he, where he was knocked over, hit his head on, on the ground. His head kind of bounced off the ground, uh, which, which that's a trigger for a concussion protocol. 
he got up and he was kind of stumbling a couple of times. They, they, the medical team comes out, they take him off the field, take him into the, into the blue tent and, and evaluate him. Now, now if there, there's a determination, Hey, this might be concussion related. They got to take him into the locker room and, and do a full concussion test on him to make sure. Uh, now what happened that this happened right before halftime. So Tua missed the last three snaps of the first half for the Dolphins, but he's out there playing in the second half, and that raised a lot of red flags mm. uh, to the point that the NFL and the Players Association they they're going to they're going to review the process and the procedures. Uh, there's an independent neurologist. There's a team doctor who were involved in this, and the independent neurologist has the power to say, no, you cannot go back into the game if he thinks that there is a con- that a player has suffered a concussion. So the, what the team is saying, that it wasn't a concussion, it wasn't head-related, it was actually his back had tightened up, which caused him to, to stumble. So that, this will all be you know, determined in the review. But, yeah, it did look a little weird yesterday uh, seeing him come out after all the reports right before halftime uh, saying he was being evaluated for concussion. And then all of a sudden, right after halftime, he's back out there. And that's, that's only about a 15-minute window mm. that we're talking about. So there, there, was a lot, there were a lot of questions being raised about that yesterday. Yeah, very interesting uh, one. Now, college football, uh, three college games this week actually had higher attendances than the AFL Grand Final. And that, that's impressive in itself. Yeah, uh, yeah. Everybody, you know, talking about the grand final having a hundred thousand and twenty-four people, uh, highest grand final attendance from what I can, from what I understand, mm. since nineteen eighty-six was, was what I was hearing. Everybody in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Columbus, Ohio, and Knoxville, Tennessee, look at that and go, "Oh, how cute!" Because <laughs> they had a hundred and one thousand in Knoxville for Tennessee against Florida. By the way, Tennessee won. Had 105,000 in Columbus, Ohio, for Ohio State blasting Wisconsin. And then 110,000 showed up for Michigan against Maryland. Mm. I mean, we're, we're talking about regular season college football games in September, mm. drawing crowds like that. It, 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 it always blows my mind. To, to see crowds like this for for any sporting event, but these are these are common attendance numbers for for those three teams and for a lot of teams in in college football. You got hundred thousand seat stadiums, a boatload of ninety and eighty thousand seat stadiums, and and again, these for, this is for college athletes, not even pros. However, uh, two things: most of those games would have been a lot closer than the AFL, and secondly, um, the AFL had Robbie Williams, so. They win. Uh, and for, uh, okay, go on. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you both of those. Thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with you on both of those. Geelong was Geelong was a massive beating. Although the Wisconsin Ohio State game, Ohio State just looked incredible. Put fifty two points up, one by thirty one, and it was a. It was not as close as the score may have indicated. Some would say Robbie. It was just dominant. Some would say Robbie Williams was the highlight of that whole day. Um, and <laughs> finally, uh, just quickly, uh, the President's Cup. Yeah, uh, it wasn't a surprise. The the 
deficit might have been a bit of a surprise because the international team, they at least made it interesting on the weekend because mm. the, the U.S. was just out, you know, out for blood the first couple of days, it seemed like. They were up 8-2 after, mm. after day two. Internationals fought back a little bit on Saturday. And then, you know, the Sunday, the, the singles matches, the U.S. wins comfortably 17.5 to 12.5. Uh, they're ninth in a row. Twelve out of the fourteen Presidents Cups have been won by the United States. So they they just continue their dominance, and it's a shame with all the 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 live golf uh, uh, defectors from the especially from the international team. Can you imagine the international team they could have thrown out there uh, oh, yeah. against the U.S. for for this Presidents Cup? That's that's kind of a that's going to be a big what if question. For, for golf because I really wanted to see Cam Smith out there for the international. Yeah. I, you know, the, the players they lost to live golf, they would, they would have made, made a difference and they could have turned Sunday into something seriously exciting. Yeah. I know. A hundred percent agree. Chris, thank you, mate. Be short for time today, but uh, we will have a chat again on Thursday and preview everything happening in America. Thanks, mate. No problem. Cowboys, Giants tonight, Monday night football. If you watch it, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Uh, you've had warning. Thank you. Thank you. Chris Perkins on the line from the United States. And we will have another chat with him again on Thursday. Uh, yeah, so plenty of things to talk about this morning. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or 0457736736. Parramatta fans, Penrith fans, how are you feeling? Five sleeps out from the NRL Grand Final. Uh, Ford Pass Technology, do you want it in the game? On the back of Graham Annesley saying that pass from Mitch Moses was Ford just on Friday night. Would you like to see that introduced into the game? Uh, suspensions in the NRL, surely that does not affect. There has to be a rule at some point very soon come into place that those suspensions served in the NRL or the Super League, not in an international rugby league competition and much, much more. 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170 On the other side of this, we'll talk football with John Gallo. 19 to 6. Just before we get to John Gallo, should make mention uh, breakfast through SEN 1170 with Vossi and Brandy after 6am. Throughout the show, they'll be joined by Dylan Edwards and Mitch Moses, the fullback from the Penrith Panthers, Dylan Edward and halfback Edwards and halfback for the Parramatta Eels, Mitch Moses, two big-name guests on Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. And this morning as well, uh, Julian King from 9am to midday will be out at Panthers Stadium as part of the Penrith Fan Day, an open training session. Also on Thursday, uh, Jimmy Smith will be broadcasting from Peter Wynn's score at Parramatta, Parramatta between 12 and 3. And then Grand Final Day, we are live, the home, of course, of the NRL Grand Final, the home of sport. Uh, live on Grand Final Day uh, from Homebush with 10 hours of coverage with Crunch Time, NRL WGF, and then the NRL Grand Final as well. So plenty to look forward to. And we will have a big preview on Friday morning of the NRL Grand Final. Charles, Charlie Goodsir and also Jalisa Apps from Channel 10 will join me to preview it all. So plenty on our agenda this week. But let's turn our attention to football. Jonathan Gallo on the line. Morning to, John, to you, John. Morning, Dan. How are we? Uh, yes, very, very well on this Tuesday morning. Now, no EPL last weekend. Of course, there will be uh, some this weekend, and we will preview that on Friday morning. But just a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about this morning. And we do our road to the World Cup on a Friday morning, and we will continue that, don't worry, on Friday morning. But uh, internationals have really played a big part of the football calendar over the past seven days. 
And the Socceroos, their performance on Thursday was less than convincing. Um, their first half performance against New Zealand on Sunday wasn't very convincing, but I thought their second half was much improved, and I think they could take something out of that leading into the World Cup. Yeah, again, it was probably one of the little uh, bits of criticism that came Graham Arnold's way in the press conference afterwards on, uh, on Sunday's second game against New Zealand. The fact that their first half was very similar to the game they played a couple of days before that, as you said, on Tuesday, where you know the first half was a very slow and, and sluggish start by the Socceroos. But um, as, as Graham Arnold pointed to, you know, and as we mentioned, uh, talking about it, um, you know, during the week about the fact that, you know, New Ze- basically Australia and New Zealand, both these sets of teams haven't had a great chance of playing a whole lot of football together yet. Um, there's even been six new debutants for the Socceroos uh, on Sunday's game as well, which brings in that, you know, understanding and cohesion, which needs to start to build up. And uh, it shows that both these coaches are still obviously, you know, a bit of trial and error with their squads at the moment. I know that might sound strange being so close to the World Cup, but, um, these, are, these are the difficulties that these managers are now facing um, with, you know, less preparation coming into a World Cup. Uh, but I did think, you know, the Socceroos can be very proud of the second-half performance. It was a much better display in the second half. They grabbed both their goals yeah. in the second half, Mitchell Jukes in the 54th minute, and then Jason Cummings, one of the, the new six debutants for the Socceroos, <laughs> scored a penalty to make it 2-0. So I think it was a good display, a good hit-out for, for Australia, definitely a good test. Um, although that first half wasn't that pleasing, as we mentioned, the second half showed some ba- much better glimpses. And uh, I thought, you know, we could take a lot out of that. Mark Atilio was, was fantastic. Leckie was brilliant up, up front as well. Roland McGee was brilliant as well. So there's some, some really good positive signs in the attacking side of things that we can take from that. And obviously the Socceroos kept it to a clean sheet as well, which is, uh, you know, a good wrap for, for their defence as well. So... Yeah, some good positives to talk about. Obviously, you know, the calibre of opponent coming into the World mm. Cup, with all due respect to New Zealand, is going to be of a much higher standard. So that's probably where you can look at it and be slightly a little bit concerned as a Socceroos fan, is that we haven't been convincing out of the last two friendlies against New Zealand. Uh, but albeit we've had good results and um, something to take away going forward and a good future looking at these six new debutants that featured for the uh, for the Socceroos. Yeah, that first game of the Socceroos in the World Cup is on uh, Wednesday morning, the 23rd of November. They play France, so I think it'll be about a 6am kickoff Sydney time. So uh, a real step up from New Zealand and really less than two months to prepare for that as well. Uh, we go back to the local leagues, what, for the next six or seven weeks? Um, and then uh, it all really stops, doesn't it, for the World Cup, which is not too far away now. Very exciting times. Now, speaking of a team that is expected to do more than Australia, but a team that is str- struggling a bit. They're playing at the moment, actually, England, and it is at nil all at half time between England and Germany. But uh, there's a lot of pressure on them. There's a lot of expectation on England. Uh, they lost to uh, Italy on the weekend 1-0, but they made the final of the Euros, what, 12 months ago, just over 12 months ago. And you know, uh, just as much as anyone, the pressure that the England public puts on this English football team. How, do, I mean, I, I know it's hard and who knows what's going to happen in the second half against Germany, but how much do you take out of these games at the moment that they're playing before they come up against Iran in their first game of the World Cup in a couple of months' time? Yeah, I think you've got to take something out of it because there is, you know, as, as we mentioned, about a month and a half or two months just of preparation to go. And, and these teams, this is the last time they'll be playing together before they, they come together again for the World Cup. So 
the preparation, as I mentioned before, is, is not a whole lot of time, and uh, you've got to get it right, uh, and you've got to get it you know, to a point where the, the players have confidence in you, the fans have confidence in you, the media are, are backing you as well. All that's very important, no matter what country you represent, but more so than ever if you're if you're representing England. Um, the moment that the players lack confidence in you, and the moment the media jumps on your back, you know, can certainly uh, build that pressure and that that nerves, which uh, we've seen from England before in the past, which comes to haunt them. And look, I think it's tough with Gareth Southgate. I think you know, as you mentioned, they they made a World Cup semi-final in the last World Cup before they bowed out against Croatia, and albeit a Croatian side, which on paper was a far less attractive side mm. than what uh, England featured. But uh, sometimes it's not the names on the team sheet that matter, it's how you play. And uh, that's, that's constantly come back to bite you know, England in the backside. Again, in the Euros, they, they came very close in the Euros final, obviously lost it to a penalty shootout. Pekuya Saka putting it past the, the post, and that was it for, for England. I think making a semi-final and, and, a, and a Euro final is, is no easy feat. I mean, you've got to give Gareth Southgate credit for that. But... Um, in terms of winning at the big moments, he's been criticised for not making the tough decisions come the big moments in time. Against Croatia, he probably could have made a few early substitutions when he saw that the tide was turning in favour of Croatia, and he didn't do that. Against uh, against Italy in the Euro final, again, you could see the wave of attack that Italy were putting England under, and yet didn't make the right substitutions at those crucial moments. He, he selected some very dubious decisions in terms of his penalty takers as well. Um, Bikuya Saka had not really been a, a renowned penalty taker and yet he was the one making the final kick of the ball and, and obviously went past the post and cost England the, the, the final. So he's being criticised for not having the, the backbone, mm. not having the steel, making the tough decisions come the tough moments in time and that's what's probably going to catch up with him maybe in the end. I mean, yeah. you've got to remember though, England, if they have signed him up until... Um, until 2024. So he's just signed a recent five-year contract with England. Um, whether or not he stays that full five years is going to be interesting. But the, the question, obviously, is if they do sack him, they've got a month and a half before the, the World Cup. I can't imagine they're going to do that right no. now. But obviously, who's going to take over? Graham Potter's just joined Chelsea. I can't see Graham Potter leaving the Chelsea job anytime soon. Eddie Howe's doing an, an OK job at Newcastle United. Gerrard and Lampard are both struggling in the Premier League at the moment as well. So England national managers, there's not a whole lot of them available at the moment who are yeah. doing a good job. So, um, yeah, it, I think they'll stick with Southgate, but long way to go. It will be very interesting, uh, John, just to see what happens there, obviously, in the second half of this game against Germany. And that pressure, I think, especially probably, and I'm going to be over there, that week leading up to the World Cup, that first game, and if they don't get a result against Iran, that's just going to be uh, the pressure amped up a little bit more. Uh, we're a bit short on time, so we'll talk more about it on Friday. But... Uh, Yeah, very interesting times as the World Cup gets closer. Thanks, mate. We'll chat Friday. We'll preview EPL and continue our road to the World Cup. Thanks, mate. Talk soon. Jonathan Gallo, our football expert, doing great stuff as per usual. He'll join me again on Friday. Don't forget, if you're running a small to medium business as a builder, renovator or tiler, Beaumont Tiles wants to help you. Australia's biggest Beaumont Tiles, together with us, want to boost your business. Head to iCanWin.com.au and you could win a $25,000 advertising package to promote and grow your business. Connect with Beaumont Tiles and enter now at iCanWin.com.au. It is 10 to 6. Amalo says on the text line, I just want my Tigers to get near the try line. Uh, always next year, Camilla. Always next year. Uh, good news for Australia through to the quarterfinals of the FIBA Women's World Cup after a thrilling 75-72 to 72 win over previously unbeaten Canada. The Opals are guaranteed a spot in the last eight thanks to that victory, but to earn a crucial spot in the top two of the group, which will ensure that Opals, Opals avoid the USA and the quarterfinals, they must beat Japan tonight.
So interesting to see what happens there. And good news for the Canberraiders. Joseph Tarpany is staying in the nation's capital with the in-demand prop choosing to re-sign with the club for another four years. The deal to be around $3.4 million until the end of the 2027 season. Good news for Canberra. Thank you for your company breakfast. Coming up next with Vossi and Brandy through SEN 11.70am. Dylan and Edwards and Mitch Moses join them. Patton Hills through SENQ 693am and SEN 1620am on the Gold Coast. I'll see you tomorrow morning from 5am. Have a great Tuesday. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.